Welcome back to the Vinyl Community Podcasts. This is David Bianco from the YouTube channel Safe and Sound Texas Audio Excursion. Now, I began my record collecting journey at the ripe age of six years old in 1963. So it stands to reason that I've had many, many different types of equipment to play my 45s and 33s over all these years. Now, some of the 45s that I got as a youngster were played on crappy record players, and they are now basically unplayable. But as my equipment improved over the years, when moving from record players to a turntable, I was able to preserve my records, which still play very well from that era. And as our focus here is going to be talking about the hobby, passion, and drug, I call it, of record collecting, there is no better focus than to select the equipment that best protects your record collection and to practice proper protocols for maintaining it. As the physical record is the media of choice here when we talk about vinyl community, the proper treatment of that plastic surface with its valleys of deep cylindrical grooves is critical. I mean, all the investments in other parts of our system will not protect your vinyl investment if you use a low-quality turntable with a subpar stylus or needle. You then begin to ruin those precious records immediately. Then, when you do get a better system, ironically, you will hear the needle and the damage done. Regrets to Neil Young for using that pun. (laughs) But one must remember that when a record is played, there is this diamond-tipped stylist. By the way, never use a ceramic needle. Those are pretty much out of vogue, but back in the day, they were big. So you want a diamond-tipped stylus traveling through this very small valley of plastic at a relatively high rate of speed. In contrast between diamond and plastic, diamond is always going to win. Therefore, the alignment of the cartridge with the stylus in the groove and the forces involved to help keep it there are critical for getting the best sound and maintaining the life of the record. And so there are really four key investments in your system to protect your records. Let's talk about the equipment in investment number one, the turntable itself. Make sure that it has a tone arm with a counterweight at the back of it to control the downward force of the stylus onto the record and also something called an anti-skate adjustment to control the side-to-side or inner-outer groove wear. Without these capabilities, your records can wear much faster with each play. While I don't intend to promote any specific brands or models in any of these discussions, I do want to point out an example of the importance of the difference I just mentioned. Now, one of the mainline brands of turntables is Audio-Technica. And there is an entry-level turntable that they have that is a model AT-LP60. And it's offered in a lot of different varieties with Bluetooth, without Bluetooth, uh, with a headphone jack, without, with USB, without. So they have a lot of pricing models on that turntable from about $200 to $300. Now, Also, Audio-Technica offers an AT-LP3 model. It is a much less known and much less readily available turntable. 
However, this turntable, and it goes between $250 and $300, depending on whether or not you get Bluetooth with it, is in fact designed with this capability of controlling the weight, having a higher quality cartridge, and providing anti-skate. Now, both of these turntables are what are called fully automatic, which means you put the record on, you hit a button, and the tone arm goes over the record and drops the stylus down to the record to play. And at the end, it basically comes up and goes back to its resting place. So you don't have to manually put the tone arm with the needle onto the record. Uh, This is helpful uh, for those who maybe are not uh, able to be steady in dropping that down with a cueing arm or those who just want to hear an entire album. So these are both very capable in the arena of being automatics. However, the ATLP3 is a much preferred solution for protecting your records. On the more popular ATLP60, there is in fact no capability to adjust the downward weight or tracking weight of the stylus or anti-skate for side to side. And again, over time, that can become a problem. Now, it's a solid design, but again, I would definitely recommend the LP3, the ATLP3, over the ATLP60 because of this ability that it has in the tone arm controls. It really will be something that is a benefit for your records in the long term. Now, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of belt drive versus direct drive turntables. They both work and have pros and cons. Neither system is inherently better or worse related to record wear. The second investment to talk about beyond the turntable is in fact that cartridge and stylus. Now most turntables come with a cartridge installed in a head shell. And ideally that head shell has a ring around the back which allows you to unscrew it from the tone arm for the ability to change out cartridges to provide flexibility because you might want to pre-mount different types of cartridges for different kinds of music. For example, there are cartridges that are mono cartridges for playing mono records, which have better characteristics in sound for those types of records. Of course, each swap of that type of a head shell requires a resetting of the tracking force and the anti-skate that I spoke of a minute ago. Remember that each cartridge has its own specified tracking weight range documented and must be followed. Generally, if the cartridge can track without problems in the lower spec weight, that would be ideal. However, you may wish to set it at the middle point. You example for a cartridge that has a 2.0 gram to 2.5 gram spec, you would set it at 2.25 grams. The weight should ideally not exceed 2.5 grams. And it is preferable to use an elliptical shaped stylus versus a conical one to ride best in the groove. Beyond that, there are even some better shaped styluses called Microline or Shibata, which are even more desirable to ride the groove more accurately and to provide better reproduction. So on the equipment side, we have the turntable and the cartridge slash stylus. Now maintaining this right equipment 
Many of us, of course, already have the right kind of turntable and high-quality cartridge and stylus. But unlike their use in jewelry, these diamonds can wear over time given their operational conditions of being down in that groove. The biggest culprit for wear or damage to the stylus is exposure to dirt in the record groove. Therefore, cleaning your records is essential to the best listening experience as well as maximizing the life of your stylus. Also, cleaning that stylus tip before each play ensures that no residual gunk gets on the stylus and is present when that stylus begins to surf that groove. So investment number three is a record cleaner. Whether using something ultrasonic that costs hundreds or maybe thousands of dollars or something under $100 like the manual spin clean, you must invest in a method to clean your records. And yes, by the way, new records do need to be cleaned as well. Investment number four is clean polythene lined inner inner sleeves. Those are the sleeves that the record actually goes into versus what you often get when the record is uh, made by the manufacturer. Because those paper sleeves and printed inner sleeves do not provide the cleanest environment and protection for your records. An inner sleeve lined with this polyethylene is the best solution to protect your vinyl. Make sure you clean your record before putting it in a new clean sleeve. And then for those of us with time logged on our stylus, keep that stylus clean and use a visual magnifier, maybe a jeweler's magnifier or ideal if you have a microscope around, to monitor that wear. One other major caveat is if the stylus tip ever slams down, you want to keep that cueing mechanism you have lubricated for soft landings on your turntable, or the cantilever, the shaft that holds the stylus, hits sideways. Stop and inspect that mechanism before using it. In those instances, it may now be out of alignment, or the diamond may be chipped, which will quickly destroy record grooves no matter how expensive the cartridge and stylus are that you have. So these are some basic starter tips on what to do. A lot of times people ask, well, do I need, quote, audiophile equipment? Well, what does that mean? A turntable can cost hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars or even over $100,000. Obviously, the abilities and the accuracy of them should increase as the price goes up. But one can get a turntable of reasonable value and one that can track your records well for $500 or less. Now, I also want to emphasize one part about the cartridge and stylus. Those are critical to the way your system sounds, just like your speakers, because the stylus with the cartridge and the speakers are the transducers within your system. And a cartridge has a certain sonic flavor to it. It has a certain characteristic that is different between brands and even between models within a brand. So sometimes we have to find what the characteristic is that we most like. 
do we like a cartridge that really has a boomy bottom end and maybe a lesser top end or vice versa, where we like it bright, but we don't like it too boomy? Well, there are different styluses and cartridge combinations that will facilitate those desires. So it isn't just a matter of picking any old cartridge or stylus. Doing some research, talking to others who have experience and have tried a variety of these types of cartridges in the vinyl community is your best play. It's not something you can pick up from a catalog or something you can even pick up from a review to some degree. I've always found that people's experience has given me the most amount of insight as it relates to this hobby. Another transducer to mention in our system are headphones, if you use them. But they are, in fact, mini speakers, of course. And the way they fit and the way they sound can be very, very different across models within a certain brand or across brands. So we need to do some research on those as well. Now, I can remember when we had true audio stores, and even Best Buy used to do this. They used to have sample headphones that you would have on display that you could listen to a common source and flip back and forth between different models to try them out. Well, those days are diminished and nearly gone unless you're at a higher-end store. So again, this is somewhere where we need to talk to others and gain their experience and understanding about the different sound signatures that headphones have. But again, at the end of the day, one can put together a system of reasonable cost that gives them very satisfying results. Now, I haven't talked about amplification Well, the reason is my focus here was on the record itself and the wear and then the maintenance of the record and now on the sound of the record. The amplification probably has the least variable impact. Now, that isn't to say that amplifiers and preamplifiers for your phono cartridges or phono stages, as they're known, don't affect sound. They do. It's more a degree of magnitude. But it is important to have a good phono stage, which is a preamp within a receiver or an integrated amplifier that takes the low voltage of the cartridge and magnifies it up to a, quote, line level that one can use as an input to hear things at the proper volume. If you merely plugged a turntable into a line input, you would hear a very soft and high-end sounding signal. Of course, that's not what we want, so we do have to have this phono stage within the chain of sound from the cartridge to the amplification. Now, the characteristics of a phono stage can, in fact, impact the sound to a larger degree than an amplifier in and of itself because the amplifier's job is to magnify the sound to get it to a loudness which is compatible with the speakers that you have. Now, 
speakers have various levels that they operate at, and some are very efficient and don't take a lot of power to drive them, and some are inefficient and take a lot of power to drive them. So one has to be careful in their speaker selection if they're trying to keep the cost down of a system to not get a speaker that requires a huge amplifier that then creates a huge cost investment in order for the system to be able to work properly. These are all the characteristics that create the sum of the total that brings a system to balance within your environment. Speaking of environment... The room that you're in also will affect how things sound, as well as the objects in the room. Does it have a lot of surfaces that the sound will bounce off of? Does it have a lot of glass? Are there curtains in the room to deaden some of the sound? Do I need any kind of acoustic treatment on the walls or ceiling because of the sound characteristics that I am experiencing due to the room and the shape of the room? These are all a bit more of a nuance, but they all do in the end affect things. Now, again, if you purely want to hear how your system sounds within its own context, headphones are, in fact, a very good way to really eke out everything you can and discern what you have in your chain of sound coming from the turntable through the stylus into the phono stage and being amplified within the degree of the headphones. So again, that can be a valuable lesson in terms of how good is the front end of my system. The speakers present their own set of dynamics that have to be looked at within your environment that you're listening to your music. I hope this has been helpful, not too detailed. If you have any questions on any of this, feel free to email me. My email is david at safeandsoundtexas.com. That's one word fully spelled out, david at safeandsoundtexas.com. And Texas is fully spelled out, and the word and is and, A-N-D, not an ampersand. Again, david at safeandsoundtexas.com. Thanks for joining me today on this Vinyl Community Podcast. I hope the information has been helpful. Take care, everybody.